consternation, right? Uh, and so kids are dismissed for children's church. By the way, you're like, oh my goodness, we have to sit in church. No, kids are dismissed for children's church. You're welcome to head on out and uh, kids go on and have a wonderful time. Uh, take your Bible out, Romans chapter 12. Uh, and I have the highlight up here. Romans 12, 1 and 2 is what I'm going to read. But I want you to take your Bibles out and uh, kids are dismissed. Thank you for the offering. But would you do this? Let, would you just pray with me one more time? Father, we ask in Jesus' name that the word becomes alive in us. That it's not just the logos, the written word, but it's the spoken word which changes us. And that, God, we change because you, God, do not change. But when we experience you, we will change. And so we thank you for that. I pray that the Spirit of God speaks to us and empowers us. And that, God, you can free us up from the garbage of the world, from some things that we have put ourselves into that are negative. God, that you will bring life change in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Let me just read this to you. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Here's here's one of the key verses we're going to go back to often today. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then I have up here on the notes, Philippians 4, uh, verse 13. And you know this. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. Alright, so, how many of you know your mind is a powerful and interesting tool, right? Your, Your mind is better than all the supercomputers. It can calculate, it can dream in color. Isn't that awesome? You can dream in color, black and white. You can dream in mosaic. You can dream in fuzz if you want. Or you can, I mean, you can have abstract and concrete thoughts. Isn't that awesome? What? Let the concrete thoughts begin to come out right now, too, with the abstract, okay? So you are like this super awesome thing that God made. In fact, Psalm 139, I believe I have it, 14 through 17, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days uh, ordained for me were written in the, in the book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. So God made us these super awesome beings that can do super awesome things. And he thinks about us constantly. I mean, if, if I stop today, that should like bring you like under the glory of God right there. Come on. You're like, what, Pastor? You, you, what? All right. Get with me here. All right. Our mind is a supercomputer that can accomplish much. The, the mind has done a lot. Think about all the... Art we've seen, all the technology that we have today, that is because people came up with these things, not computers, right? Humans made computers, correct? How many of you have a smartphone? Okay, who made that? Mankind, humans. Air conditioners, aren't you glad for air conditioners? Heaters, who made that? Humans, using what? Their brain. Their minds, they came up with all these things. So, so our minds can do these wonderful things. We can, we can have all these wonderful things that we can come up with. Plays, music, art, games, technology, life conversation. But also sometimes our mindset, we can have faulty thinking. You ever had faulty thinking before? Or we can get stuck. You ever been stuck with thinking? Right? You know, we, 
uh, Albert Einstein gets attributed to the statement, and it's not always sure, but he says that, you know, uh, the, the um, definition of, of uh, my brain just went blank. It basically says uh, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results is the definition of what? Insanity. And so sometimes, you know, we get stuck in this thought pattern and we keep thinking the same thing and, and it's not always a good thought. And I want to tell you today that God can help you change those thoughts. You see, sometimes we get in this mindset, and I, and I, I mentioned this before, one of my former associate pastors at our church in Utah, and he's a, he's a smart guy, he's got a master's degree now, and, and uh, he's, he's part of a, uh, a university, he helps there. And he, he had this mindset, he said, man, he said, my mom and dad were always poor and they struggled, I'm, I'm going to probably be poor and struggle all my life. And I said, man, Dave, I said, don't think like that. Don't think like that. You are called of God. And I'm not belittling his parents, but I said, don't think like that, because if you think like that, that's what will happen in your life. And so he changed his thought pattern. He did not think, I'm going to be poor, I'm never going to amount to much. Now he's working on a college campus. He's got a master's. I think, I think he's even working on a second master's degree right now. Because he decided that he could change his thought pattern. And you see, you and I will get stuck in a rut. We get, we get this mindset, well, I can't change. I will not change. Hey, Pastor Stan, God doesn't change, therefore I don't need to change. That's partially right and it's wrong. God does not progress, but we need to progress. God does not change, but when you know God, you are going to change. Come on, amen? And so God is not happy with us being stuck, not bearing fruit. John 15, I read that earlier, John 15, 16, we'll go more into that. But I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you, I want to inspire you through the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God that you can change before you have to. Some say, Pastor Stan, it's too late. No, it is never too late. Say, it is never too late with God. Come on, you've got to say it like you believe. It is never too late with God. Because with God, come on, say it. Because with God, all things are possible. You just said it yourself. I didn't, well, you need to believe it. Come on, amen? So here we go. Are you ready? Put on the mind to change. The first thing is this, is trust God's power within you. The Bible says His resurrection power lives in you. If you're a believer in Christ, His resurrection power, the power that raised Christ from the dead, lives in you. Think about that. That is huge. Are you awake today? Usher's bringing the coffee. I'm just, I'm just kidding. You're like, oh, I'll take some. Um, God's power is in you. The power that raised Christ from the dead is in you. And so here is number, letter A. God made the human mind as an incredible tool. So much research has been done on how incredible the human mind is. And we're able, like I said, we're able to write beautiful, soul-stirring music, right? Isn't that awesome? I mean, you can be driving down the road listening to your, your phone or your, 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 your CD, your radio, and, and there's a song, you know, the, the music can be boring. You flip the station, all of a sudden this song comes on. It's like, wow. And it moves your emotions. And that's because a human mind was able to do that through God. Come on, amen. You, have you ever been to a movie or a play and you just start crying because of the drama? You ever done that? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a man, Pastor. I don't do that. Come on, real men do cry. Okay, it's, it's men that aren't men that are weak that can't prove that they can cry. Just saying, all right? You want to fight me? I'll meet you out in the parking lot at 2 a.m. Start fighting without me. You want to beat me up? Go right ahead. 
Alright, so we're able to do these wonderful things. We, we can create soul-stirring music. We can produce heart-moving movies. We can launch satellites into space. In fact, we can even send out little uh, probes. Isn't it awesome? How many of you saw the pictures from, from Pluto? Wasn't that awesome? Pluto is not the dog in Disney. Pluto is it's a sub-planet. It's, it's in, our, in our galaxy, all right? in our little solar system. And so these, we have created these, these, these probes that can fly millions and millions and go into other galaxies and take pictures. That's because people have applied their mind process. So you have this wonderful tool in between your ears. It's awesome, amen? Your mind has, can hold more data, can compute more stuff than any computer and any smartphone could ever imagine. And then your mind is also able to remember things, right? Isn't it funny, like you'll be driving, in fact, I was driving somewhere and a song came on the radio and all of a sudden it brought me back to like 30 years ago. And I, I mean, I could, I could see everything from 30 years because that song brought that memory. In fact, sometimes, you ever get a song stuck in your mind? And you're like, why is that song stuck? In fact, I, I was almost tempted to put a song in your mind. I'm not going to do it because I don't want you to be ruined for the rest of the day. All right? And so, so I could mention some words of a song and all of a sudden it'll be in your mind and you're like why and the tune will come on and and so we have these great things called memory but sometimes our memory brings bad thoughts up and that that can be good it can be bad but it can be bad when we dwell on the bad and how horrible we feel or or we can never change it can be good if you say you know what I don't ever want that to happen in my life again I'm going to grow from that okay so what I want to talk about right now just for a few moments is that those bad memories which cause and evoke negative feelings or even a negative lifestyle can be changed by the power of God I'm here to tell you and and, and I know we hear a lot of people saying you know what Uh, you know my parents did that therefore I'm going to do that and I want to tell you you don't have to do that God can change your pattern of lifestyle. Jesus can change your thought process. Come on, amen? So the second part of this is, is letter B, is God has empowered you to do everything He has called you to do. Nick and Kelly were going to Bible college and they were called of God. They're going to go to Spain and God is going to empower them. You maybe were called to teach a class, maybe to flip hamburgers, maybe to make something, maybe you're a nurse, a doctor, a professor. Maybe you're, I don't know what you do, but God has empowered you to do that. And a lot of times we get stuck in life. Well, I'm never going to amount to much. I'm not going to do much. And the reality is that's a lie from the devil. God has put into you the ability to do great things. Come on, amen? Well, I'm not called to be a missionary. Well, let me give you an answer to that. Yes, you are. You are a missionary everywhere you go. You are a child of God in your school, your class, your home, your workplace. And God has empowered you to do great things. Amen? Now, would you repeat with me? Do I have the scripture? Philippians 4.13. Repeat. Read it with me, okay? Do I have it? Hit the next slide. Yes, no. Ready? I can, come on, read with me. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Now, what does everything mean? Okay, this group here, a couple here. What does everything mean? Everything. So, God can help you do everything through him. So whatever that task you have, whatever that thing that you're doing, whatever uh, issue you're dealing with, whatever trouble you're going through, God has given you the ability to go through that. If He calls you to be a missionary, or to be a doctor, or to be a, to be a, you know, a, a gardener, whatever He's called you to do, He will give you the ability and the power to excel at it. Not just be mediocre, but to excel at it. Come on, amen? And so the problem is, you and I, we get comfortable in life. We get stuck. We think, you know what, I'm, I'm 60 years old, I'm 50 years old, I'm, I'm 80 years old. I don't need to learn anything else. And I'm going to just, can I be nice to you? That's wrong. 
You need to keep learning. You need to keep believing. You need to keep allowing God to work in your life. Come on, amen? Or we think, you know what, I, that, that, that's great, Pastor. And I'm glad Nick and Kelly are going to go. In fact, I'm going to give them money. But I'm not called. No, you are called. Well, I, you know, I, I don't believe in, I can't do great things. No, you can do great things. You have to change your mindset. You have to allow God to give you, not the fake, no offense, Tony Robbins, you know, hey, smile, put on a positive attitude, hey, yeah, woo, everything's good. And, and that's good sometimes, but God will give you a real positive attitude. He'll give you a real ability to do great things. Come on, amen? Remember this, God does not change, but when we come into the presence of Almighty God, we will change. Come on, amen? God does not progress, but we must progress. We have this mindset, well, God doesn't change, therefore I don't change. So that's, that's wrong. You and I need to change this. So you know what? God does not change, but if I'm in His presence, I'm going to change. In fact, John 15, 7 and 8. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you may bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. God can help you be fruitful. God can help you change. Come on, amen? I apologize, it's a little cold in here, but the, the, the opposite is if we turn the air conditioner off, you will fall asleep. And I don't want you sleeping. Amen? God will give you the ability to accomplish whatever He asks you to do. The third thing, letter C, is you can change before you have to. You can change before you have to. I know this is an ongoing sermon series, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. So you see, God gives you the ability to change. Come on, say, God gives me the ability to change. Again, you and I, sometimes we get stuck. We think, I cannot change. And, and you know that. If you believe that you cannot change, guess what? You won't change. If you believe that you're stuck and you're never going to get out of this certain place in your life, guess what? You're going to be stuck. You're never going to get out of that until you believe that God can do great things through what I read in Philippians 4.13 and also in 2 Timothy 1.7. We, we don't have to remain stuck. We don't have to be in bondage. We don't have to live in depression. We don't have to live in doubt. We don't have to live in fear. We can live in victory through Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that you'll never have problems, because the Bible says that for those who want to live a godly life, they will be persecuted. But it doesn't mean that you will be destroyed. Come on, amen? And so whatever you're dealing with, I want to tell you, you need to believe, you need to start quoting in your life, Philippians 4.13. If you're struggling with an addiction, say, I can, I can, through Christ, overcome this addiction. You need to start taking Philippians 4.13 and adding it. I can, through Christ, overcome depression, who gives me strength. I can do anything God calls me to do through His strength. I can overcome this temptation through Him who gives me the strength. I can change physically through Him who gives me strength. Do you see what that can do for you? If you begin to apply this scripture to your struggles in your life, instead of saying, I can't do it, I'm never going to change, you're going to be stuck. But if you can say, I can, through Christ, do all things, I can change this pattern in my life. I can make better friends. Come on, amen. I can make wiser decisions in my business. I can do whatever God has called me to do. You need to believe it. Come on, amen. Begin to practice it. Put that practice, the word into practice. Letter D. Those in Christ shouldn't be controlled by the enemy. That's the devil. That's Satan, okay? El Diablo. He's bad, right? Muy mal, right? So, in other words, this is the devil. He's bad. If you don't understand Spanish, my Spanish is bad. I apologize. 
Those in Christ should not be controlled by the enemy. The enemy, his biggest trick on us is mind games. He plays a lot of mind games, doesn't he? He throws fears. He throws doubt. He accuses you. He makes you feel guilty. He condemns you. And all those thoughts, you can take those captive, according to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, you can take captive those thoughts and say, these are not of God. I rebuke them. Father, remove them from my mind. Because again, your mind likes to think sometimes negative, right? Is it true? Humans tend to dwell a little bit more negative than we do positive. Now, there are those, those people that just drive you crazy. They're always positive, right? You're like, you know, you ask them, how's it going? Oh, it's going great today. They ask you, how's it going? Oh, it could be better. My dog got ran over. I got laid off from my job. My coffee maker broke today. I got a flat tire. And the positive is, oh, that's great. You can overcome. You're like, no. No, you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? You want to punch that positive person? And so, so there are a few of those, but for the rest of us, we tend to start thinking about the negative. We begin to dwell on the negative. And you've got to stop that. That's of the devil. Dwelling on the negative is not from God. Now, knowing reality, knowing that things bad happen, but saying, you know what? I should not be controlled by these mind games, fears, doubts, negative and confused thinking. If you're constantly, just constantly doing that, that is not from God. I mean, we have doubts. Every one of you have doubts. Every one of you have fears. Those are just common things. But if they, if they just constantly ride you, you go to bed thinking about it, you, you wake up in the morning, you're driving to work, you're at work, and all you're doing is thinking of doubts and fears and trouble, that is not from the Lord. Someone is controlling your mind. And it's not God. And it's not you. You need to say, no, this is not of God. I rebuke that. Father, help me to change my thoughts. Come on, Amen. And then begin to quote 1 John 4, 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he in the world. So you've got to believe this. Say, you know what? When the devil comes in and puts doubts, fears, condemnation, uh, faithlessness, those thoughts into my mind, you must remind Satan, 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in me than you, Satan. You have no power in my life. You, you need to say that. You really do. You need to believe that. You need to expect God to change your mind. God is greater. He's given you power. There is no problem that God cannot help you solve or work through. Come on, amen? And a lot of times as believers, we forget this ammunition. We forget the Word of God. We, we're so filled up with our cell phones. We're so filled up with Netflix. We're so filled up with the Internet. We're so filled up with, with stats of our favorite football team or the, the lyrics that we forget to put the Word of God. Remember Jesus said, If you remain in me and my Word remains in you, I will give you whatever you ask. Do you see that? The problem is we fill our minds up with everything else but the Word of God. Pastor, you say that a lot because I'm seeing generations of believers who don't even crack their Bible open anymore. They get their theology from Christian memes on, on the Facebook post or, or whatever, Pinterest or, or what, all the other stuff. They're cool tools, but they're not life. The Bible is life. God is life. And if you and I are not in the Word, we're going to be controlled by the enemy. Come on, amen? If you're not abiding in Christ, the devil will be able to control your thinking. He will be able to put doubts and fears into your mind. I'm challenging you, you don't have to live like that anymore. Say, I don't have to live like that anymore in Jesus' name. I don't know about you, but this is good preaching from the Word of God. This is good stuff. Letter E, I'm moving on. Your relationship with God is what matters. Your relationship with God is what matters. John 15, I'm going to read it to you again. 7 and 8. If you remain in me, 
My words and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Again, the word remain means to abide in, to live in Christ. You've got to live in Christ. God doesn't just want you to know about Him. He wants you to know Him. We, are, we, are, we have so many churches full in America, they just want to know about God. They want to go to Bible study. They want, they want to know all the words about God. They want, to, they want to understand God, but they don't know God. And you need both. You need to know the Word of God. You need to study. But you need to know God. Because God wants the relationship. Come on, amen? Can you imagine going into a marriage relationship and, and you just want to know the name of the person, you want to know their hobby, but you don't, want to know, you don't want to know them? How long would that marriage last? Not long. And in a relationship with God, you don't want to just know about God, you want to know God. You want to know about Him, you want to know Him as well. Amen? So your relationship with God matters. And too many believers, I believe, in the church, we are stuck at low levels of faith because we just know about God. We're afraid to know God. We know about God, but we're afraid to get the Holy Spirit in us and to know more about God. Too many believers are stuck at the salvation level or they go to the church level. Um, Many are excited about the promises of God, but they're not so excited about the words that say, you need to change. Come on, amen. Everyone quotes Jeremiah 29, 11. Oh, you know, God, I know the plans for me. Everyone quotes it, but they don't like read the scriptures before it or after that. And God was dealing with the rebellious people. And he said, I have a plan for you, but you've got to repent. You have to change. You see, with the gospel, change has to happen in your life. You have to submit. Come on, amen. We're not so excited about that. You can't find God's will. Let me read this to you so I don't get it wrong. You can't find God's will for your lives by living the way you want and asking God to bless the plan you've already made. Too many believers, you go out and you live your life saying, God, I hope this is your will for me. Would you please bless it? He's like, that wasn't my plan for you. This is my plan for you. I challenge you. Before you get married, pray about that person you're going to marry. Don't just let hormones control your life. Oh, or, or you know, I talk about this. This drives me crazy. Oh, my mom says we're a cute couple together. Cute doesn't last through hard times. Cute doesn't last through difficulty situations. Love lasts through that. Commitment one to another. So don't marry someone because your mom and dad are... Oh, grandma says we're cute together. But did you ask God about it? No. Seriously. Your next career, your next job, whatever you do, your, your next calling, you should ask God for guidance. Amen? We must seek God. We, we must ask for His directions. Uh, we get out of relationships what we put into them. Right? You get out of a relationship what you put into it. Is it true? And it's the same with God. You get out of what you put in your relationship with God. And God wants to know you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to guide. He wants to empower you. Check this out. If you attend church one hour a week, from birth to 65, you will have only spent maybe four and a half months in church. From birth to 65. So you're math. I'm going to do that right now. I... Go ahead. Go ahead and calculate that. Come back to me later. It's 4.69 months. Okay. I calculated yesterday. Just be sure. If you spend an hour a week in church, at the age of 65, you will only have spent four and a half, more than that, months in church. The average American, during that same time frame, will invest nine and a half years watching TV. 
We spend an hour a week in church. We spend multiple hours a night watching TV. And we wonder why our faith is struggling. We wonder why we have troubles believing God. We wonder why we're doubtful. We're living in lust. We're living with this stuff. Because we are not investing in the right places. You see what I'm saying? If you're serious about God, you're going to change how much TV you watch. And you're going to spend more time with God. I mean, there are times I love TV. I love watching God's favorite football team, the Denver Broncos, play. When they show up. Because around here they have this other team. I don't know who they are. But it's interesting. But if you, if you spend all your time in front of social media and on the TV and you don't spend much time investing in relation to God, you're going to be controlled by someone else. Come on, church. Come on. You hear me say this often. But I'm telling you, God is calling me to help you be freed of TV and social media. They're great tools. You can use them. And there are times I will sit on the couch and I'll watch Netflix or I'll watch TV. But I, I have to say, how much time am I spending with my Savior? The lover of my soul. The person who has the life that can give me life. That's the person I want to spend time with. Because I can be moved by a TV show, but it's not real. I can be moved by God, and He is real. So church, I'm challenging you. Believer, if you want real change in your life, you've got to change your habits. You've got to spend more time with God reading His Word, spending significant time in prayer, and say, you know what, TV is just an afterthought. I'll get around to that, and social media when I can. But right now, my relationship with God is the most important thing. Listen to this. Your future will look like your past. Your future will look like your past unless you change. You see, I hear it all the time. Pastor, I'm going to change, I'm going to change, I'm going to change. I say, that's good. But until you actually change, nothing changes. You can say you're going to change all you want, but unless you actually make change, I'm going to turn the TV off. I'm going to stop hanging on those people. I'm going to stop putting that stuff in my lungs. I'm going to stop hanging around this place. I'm, I'm going to change. God, help me to change. You're never going to change. You must invest significant time in your relationship with God. You must know less about TV Guide, less about Pinterest, less about Facebook, less about Sports Illustrated, and you must know more about God and His Word. Okay? Come on, amen? amen? This is life. Facebook is just a waste of time. Come on. Or anything else. I don't, do use, I don't use Facebook. Well, whatever you do. This is life. Those things are just part of life. Come on, Amen? You must fully engage in worship. This morning, I, I was trying to get you engaged in worship. We're talking about Jesus. It's like, sometimes in the church, we forget about the power of Jesus. We sang about that song, that chains are broken in the name of Jesus. We forget about that. And then when the pastor, the worship leader, tries to get you hyped up, Jesus. Gee, yeah, go, yeah, oh, Jesus. Go, come on, pastor, please hurry up. I, I got a thing to do today. Your thing to do today is, is let the power of Jesus overwhelm you. And break through the bondages of your life. You've got to get excited about Jesus. I, mean, I see more cheering at sports games and concerts than I do about Jesus. And Jesus is the one that brings real life. Come on, amen? Am I a little excited? Sure. I'm always like that. I know. But allow God to change your thinking. Come on, amen? You can make the change. Your future will be a byproduct of the decisions you make today and tomorrow. If you keep doing the same thing over and over, if your future is not going to change. You want your future to change, you've got to change your habits and your thinking today. Come on, amen? Let me move on. Number two, because I've got to finish. It's already 12.30. I can't believe it. I'm just kidding. Number two is take on new thinking. Number, letter A, God has given you the ability to transform your mind. God has given you the ability to transform your mind. Our patterns of thinking, you're like, this is, wow, Pastor, this is bright. 
Our patterns of thinking affects our choices. The way we think controls the way we act. Well, duh, Pastor, I knew that. Okay, but I'm, I encourage you. You can change bad patterns of thinking. You can overcome. You see, if you think life is all about you, you're going to be that jerk. I'm sorry. You're going to be that person that parks in the fire lane and, and the person that annoys the rest of us and you take your full shopping cart through the express lane. I hope you don't do that. That's selfish living, by the way, right? Come on. If, you're, if, if you think life's all about you, you're going to drive like no one else matters. You're going to be rude to cashiers and servers. You're going to think that the church exists to meet your needs. This is self-centered thinking. This is what our world tries to keep going in you. It's faulty thinking. It needs to be changed. And if you want to make different changes, you have to think differently. I am not the only person in the world. Maybe it is rude for me to park in the fire lane because maybe there really is a fire someday and the fire truck really needs to get there. I mean, I remember, can I, I'm just going to go into the, the local giant by my community. And it says in bold letters, do not park. You know where the entrance is? You know where there's like this level so you can get your car? Some lady parks her car right there, pulls into that little, you know, you know what I'm talking about? She gets out. I, I'm watching her and go in the store. She, she blocks it so no one can get their carts out. She's in there with her car, taking her time, shopping, getting stuff. And I'm like, seriously, wow. And I do. And I'm walking out. I see people, they're trying to get their carts around her car. And her car is still blocked because she's in there shopping. Thinking that, hey, no one else matters. That's bad thinking. I know, I just, I'm kind of, whatever you think is what you act on. And if you're acting selfishly or negatively or positively, that comes out in your life. So I want to challenge you. God can help you change your thought pattern. Amen? Let me read to you again. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. God gives you the ability to transform your thinking. Say, God can help me transform my thinking. You can overcome bad thinking. Let her be, because I need to move on. The key to change is allowing God to transform you. The key to change is you have to spend time with God. Remember I said that God does not change. God does not progress. He's perfect. He doesn't need to. But you and I need to change. You and I need to progress. And the more you, time you spend with God, the more you're going to progress and change. The less time you spend with God, the less you're going to change, the less you're going to grow. It's simple, right? So let's do it. Let's practice it. Let's, let's, let's apply it. There are so many scientific facts and data and research that proves that you and I can transform our thinking. I don't have time to go into it, but let me give you a little simple way to do it. Number one, pray to God and read the Word. Then thirdly, come to worship and engage during worship. Don't just come to church. Be the church. Amen? Let us see. Let me move on. To have change, you must change your thinking process. And believe it or not, I'm getting down to the end. To have change, you must change your thinking process. You see, everything we do begins with a simple thought. Everything that you think about, generally in time, will come out. Your thoughts precede your actions. Everything follows your head. Now, have you ever been driving a car? Ever done this? You're going down the interstate, and you start looking over to the left, and what happens sometimes? The next thing you know, you're over in the left lane. Or you're, same thing, you're like looking down on your cell phone. I know none of you do that. And you're texting. 
None of you ever do that, right? No, none of you do that. Please don't do that. But you see, wherever your, like, your head goes, that's where your life goes. You're falling up to temptations, guess what? You're following bad people, guess what? You're following God, you're following good things, guess what? Where your thoughts are is where your life's going to go. God can help you to have great thoughts. Anybody golf here? One? Anybody know what golf is? G-O-L-F. Not the other golf, golf. There's a sport called golf. It's very frustrating. It's also sometimes so exciting. And you, you take a club and you hit this little round ball. It's crazy. Like it has 300 and some odd dimples in it to make it fly aerodynamically better. And there's times when I, I, get, I get caught up in this little golf game and it drives me nuts sometimes, but I love it. And so, so if, if you're a golfer now, if you're struggling, because sometimes I struggle with what's called a hook or a slice. And so what happens is we have this thing in our mind. It's called automatic thinking. In fact, let me move on. Letter D. Change is hard because of automatic thinking. Change is hard because of automatic thinking. And so basically, sometimes what automatic thinking is, is you get into a situation. So let's say in golf. Okay, let me just use an example. Just, just humor me for a few minutes. If you struggle and you slice or hook your ball, and, and, and so then the next time you haven't golfed for months and you go out golfing, and all of a sudden you start thinking, okay, there's a water trap over there. Don't hit the water trap. Don't hit the water trap. Don't hit the water trap. Guess what you're going to do? Don't hit the water trap. Don't hit the water trap. Your ball. It's called automatic thinking. It, it comes out of situations, good or bad. And so if you're constantly thinking, don't make a failure. Don't make a mistake. The boss is going to fire me. I, I, I can't do that. I can't. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to make mistakes. And there's a good chance the boss will fire you. And so sometimes some bad things have happened in our lives. And so we get in a situation, all of a sudden you're like, don't, make, don't do that. And so that's all you think about. It's called automatic thinking. And it causes a lot of times, in that sense, bad results. And I want to help you and let you know again, according to the scripture, you can change that. Think about good things. I skipped over the scripture, write down Philippians 4, 8, 9. It says, whatever is true, whatever is good, think upon these things. And then it says, act on them. And so, and I talked about this before, but it's, it's, what, it's what athletes do. A professional golfer doesn't think about hitting the ball in, in, into the rough or into the pond. He or she thinks about getting the ball down the fairway or into the hole. I mean, they're dreaming. They're visioning it. And so that's why they do well. You, you've seen Olympic athletes. You've seen runners. Like, they're, they're, they got their eyes closed during the Olympics. And you see them running. You see them curve. You see them jump. Whatever thing that they're doing, they're imagining them succeeding. Now, I know you think it's crazy, but God calls this meditating. I'm not talking transcendental meditation. It's called ruminating. Think about the goodness of God. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I can overcome these temptations. I will get ahead of my job. I will succeed at school. I will be a great parent. I will do this for God. You see what I'm saying? Your automatic thinking says, well, I'm a loser. No one cares about me. I will fail. Guess what? You're going to fail. But God